reporter Kelsey Ray here from the Colorado Independent. We're back for another episode of the Indie Weekly Podcast. Today I'm here on the phone with political reporter Corey Hutchins, who has had an incredibly eventful couple of weeks. Thanks for coming back to the podcast, Corey. Absolutely. Two weeks ago, Corey broke the news that President Donald Trump's Voter Fraud Task Force, which is led by Vice President Mike Pence and Kansas Secretary of State Chris Kobach, was seeking the personal information of all Colorado voters. The reaction to that news was incredible. Confusion, hysteria, and hundreds of Colorado voters calling their election offices to unregister to vote. Charles Pierce at Esquire said Corey's story made him, quote, pig biting mad and called the panel's request voter terrorism. Slate called it orchestrated chaos. So, Corey, uh, my first question for you is pretty simple. What the hell is going on? Uh, Well, it is a a story that a lot of voters in Colorado, um, a lot of voters across the nation are paying attention to. Uh, And Colorado as a bit of a, uh, I think Colorado kind of became a national story because of how our voters here have reacted to it and reacted to it very quickly. Um, What what happened was on June 29th, I believe that was a a Thursday, um, the news came out in some other states that um, Donald Trump's voter fraud task force and and I'll just back up a little bit and say that, you know, the president has said, you know, without citing evidence that he believes millions of people voted illegally in the election. Um, there's, as I said, no evidence for that. Uh, but he has set up a presidential task force and asked election officials and others to join it to ostensibly to investigate perhaps his claim. Voter fraud in the United States is incredibly rare. In-person voter fraud is, is you know, very rare. I think the, the Brennan Center for Justice has said that it's more likely to get struck by lightning than find somebody who's uh, committed in-person voter fraud. Uh, yet, this task force exists, and it is headed up by Kansas Secretary of State Chris Kobach, and he has sent a letter to all 50 states uh, asking election officials to provide them with the personal information of, uh, of the voters. So I had heard about this letter, um, and so, you know, I asked the Secretary of State's office uh, in Colorado, if they got the letter and how they planned to respond to it. And Williams told me in an interview that day uh, that they did get the letter and the office sent it to me. And uh, Williams said that Colorado would comply because in Colorado, uh, personal information of voters is already public. Now, not everything, not social security numbers. And, And the task force was asking for the last four digits of the social security number, right? If available and if allowed to be released under state law, the commission wanted the last four digits of a voter social security numbers. Yes. Uh, what is public in Colorado and what Williams plans to send to the commission is a voter's name, address, year they were born, what party they're registered with, and what elections and where they have voted in the past. Never who they voted for, right? Of course not. That is always secret. Um, the Secretary of State's office doesn't even know. Um, but Colorado uh, allows this information to be public. You or I, Kelsey, as journalists, could ask for the information, pay a fee and get it. Uh, companies can get that information. Political parties can and do uh, get that information. And I, and I think a lot of voters just didn't know um, how public their, their information is because they registered to vote in the state. Colorado is a state 
where it's really easy to register to vote. You can register on the same day as an election here. When you vote by mail, our election laws are seen as pretty liberal. And uh, that information is available to whoever wants it. So when this commission asked for it, our Secretary of State said, um, well, we're obligated under the law to give it up. And that's caused some, a bit, it's called the backlash from voters who probably didn't know how much information was already public and they kind of think that our Secretary of State is just rolling over. And he also, I should note, Wayne Williams has not criticized the intent of this presidential voter fraud task force like others have. Uh, Democrats and Republicans across the country have said they're either not going to give the information because they don't want to bolster the credibility of a commission they just think shouldn't exist in the first place. Um, you know, Wayne Williams hasn't done that. He's said, you know, I'm going to give them the information. And I should know the commission asked the states not just for information, but they also said, hey, you know, tell us what policies you think we should implement. Tell us what evidence you have of voter fraud in your state. And Williams has said, you know, he likes the idea that a federal task force is actually asking the states their opinion on on potential federal policies instead of just saying, here's what we're going to do. Do you think it's fair to say he's taking this sort of at face value? Yeah, I do think that's fair. Uh, in a press conference he held uh, last week, you know, reporters gave him the opportunity to bash the commission. <laughs> Basically, hey, do you want to take a swing at him? And <laughs> Williams did not do that. And Williams has said, rightfully, that he's only willing to offer up information that is already public. And yet 44 out of 50 states have straight up refused to comply with this order. So why is he doing this? Why is he being such an outlier? Yeah, I, I would I would say that he might not even, even be uh, that much of an outlier. I don't think he sees himself that way. You know, different states have different laws. Uh, I think his position is, look, I'd be breaking the law if I didn't comply. Like I said, if you or I asked him for this information, he'd have to give it to us. You know, if we if we're champions for transparency, would we want him to say, no, I'm not going to give it to you, perhaps for a political reason? You know, he, he got up in a, at a news conference and said, you don't want me picking and choosing who I give this information to when it's supposed to be public to everybody. I think he has a point. You spent a lot of time last week calling up every elections office or a lot of the election offices across Colorado. What was the scene like? Yeah, so um, I had gotten some email correspondence and some phone calls from voters who had read our, our coverage. In particular, a story I wrote about how there's a process in Colorado to keep your personal information secret from the public. Uh, it's called becoming a confidential voter. And one can do that in Colorado by signing an affidavit, basically saying they think if their information is public, then um, they could be harmed or criminally harassed. And, you know, after that story went up, I, I did get some feedback from voters in the state who told me that they went and did that. Uh, and I interviewed a, a couple from Lakewood who did just that. And they told me about the process and I wrote about it. And I asked, you know, why do you feel that your safety is at risk? And they said, well, this president where this information is going to is, is somebody who has a history of promoting violence against their political adversaries. And they felt that was enough to... uh you know, to feel like they would be either harassed or be harmed by having that information out there. Um, so I wondered how many others might be feeling like that. Another aspect of this that I found was that voters were saying online that, that they were going to unregister 
and then re-register after Colorado sent the data. So I asked the Secretary of State if that's if you know that was a way that they could keep their information from going to the administration, and the Secretary of State's office confirmed that it was. If a voter unregisters, it's easy to do. You just unregister online, and like I said, it's easy to re-register. Mm-hmm. So I wrote that story, and then I wondered just you know, so I called around to different you know the 64 counties in Colorado. I called a mix of urban and and rural election offices just to see kind of hey, what are you hearing from voters? And what I heard was pretty alarming in kind of the urban elections county, you know, Denver, Boulder, hundreds of voters were unregistering or asking for confidential voter status. And it was really irking election officials because they would much rather see voters signing up on the roll than voters leaving the rolls. Amber Rick Merrills, who, who runs the elections office in Denver, told me that she's been administering elections for 12 years. And she said she never expected to see a day when she'd come into the office and find more people withdrawing than, you know, new people signing up to vote. And then she told me that that happened uh, on the day before I spoke to her. Mm-hmm. And she said that there was confusion and there was hysteria and the office had had more calls and emails and people showing up, you know, than ever before. Like I said, that was in Denver. That was happening in Boulder. It was happening in Arapahoe County. But if you get further out into like a county like Eula, uh, the elections official there told me, nah, <laughs> I don't know how much people are paying attention to the news. <laughs> Writing about my, my survey of election officials, that was last Friday, the headline was in Colorado, confusion, hysteria, and voters unregistering at some local election office. That kind of bounced around the national media a bit, and that's what um, Charles Pierce from Esquire picked up on and uh, Slate picked up on to kind of use as a jumping off point to kind of say that this might be what some people want less people on the voter rolls, less people potentially voting in the future. And that's scary. And the people who did unregister, for the most part, they had a plan to have that be very short term. They were going to unregister and then re-register after July 14th when Secretary Williams was supposed to turn in all of this information. But what I've read from your reporting that seems to have hit a snag because that's no longer the deadline for this information. (laughs) Uh, The ACLU has alleged violations and a privacy group called Epic has called for a restraining order against this. So uh, the commission sounds like they have actually said, wait, wait, you don't need to turn this in by this deadline anymore. Where do things stand now? Uh, They're in limbo. So, right. Williams, Wayne Williams, the Secretary of State said, look, we're going to run the data file at eight o'clock in the morning on July 14th. So if you don't want your information going there, you could unregister to vote. You could apply for confidential voter status and you will be kept out of that data that goes to this this federal commission. And then, like you said, then people would probably wait a little bit and then sign back up before their next election so they can vote. But now we don't know when Williams is actually going to send that data. He got a letter from someone on the commission a few days ago that said because of a a court challenge from the Electronic Privacy Information Center, known as EPIC, that uh, they'd asked for a temporary restraining order because they alleged that the commission isn't acting properly. So the voter commission said, you know, all right, hold up. Don't send anything yet. We just want to get through this legal stuff and we'll get back to you. We'll get back to you and and we'll tell you uh, if there's a new deadline. As it stands now, the Secretary of State's office, last time I talked to them, uh, they said they don't know when that deadline is. But at this point, we've got hundreds of unregistered Colorado voters with no date for when they should sign back up. That's right. Thank you so much for being here, Corey. I appreciate it. 
Hey, you bet. Thanks again. You can read the entirety of Corey's coverage of this issue at coloradoindependent.com. We are a nonprofit newsroom, so if you're so inclined, we would love it if you'd throw us a quick, easy, tax-deductible donation at coloradoindependent.com slash donate. Thanks, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>